gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. to another edition of the my two cents podcast this is episode 133 which is entitled changing of the guards i am your host g2 before i get into today's title and today's well topics let me read you guys the national food days of the week today being the 2nd of july it is anais or anaset day however you want to say it um tomorrow july the 3rd it is chocolate covered uh, wafer day then we got July 4th over here in the States. It's Independence Day. We have Caesar Salad Day as well as Bear Ribs uh, Day. July 5th, it is Apple Turnover Day. July 6th, it is Fried Chicken Day. July 7th, it is Macaroni Day as well as Strawberry Sunday Day. And then to finish it off, July the 8th, it is Chocolate with Almonds Day. Now, the reason why I entitled today's episode Changing of the Garden is regarding one specific topic. And you'll hear about it when I get to it, but it, it basically requires and maintains of the Supreme Court and how they have been ruling lately. But we'll get to that when it's time for it. But let's not try to ruin things off. First and foremost, happy Fourth of July weekend to everyone. I hope everybody's having a great time, whether you're with your family, not with your family, you're um, going to barbecue, you're not going to barbecue. But if you do, here's one thing I want you to please, please uh, be certain of. Whenever you guys are storing your ketchups, please remember to keep your ketchup in the refrigerator. Now, some of you guys don't like to do that. I'm going to say keep your ketchup in the refrigerator. My family's always kept fed ketchup inside the refrigerator. And I didn't know this was a debate that went along on the internet, but the official ketchup company, Heinz Ketchup, they would let everyone know that ketchup does go in the refrigerator. Now, people might say, why do they keep it on the shelf? Heinz would tweet out and they would say that um, ketchup has a natural acidity, but the label suggests refrigeration after opening. So again, keep your ketchups inside the refrigerator after you open them. Please do so. But if you don't, hey man, you still can enjoy your ketchup either way. Just know that you're probably going to have to throw it away much more faster than the people that uh, keep their ketchups inside the fridge. But again, please do that. Enjoy your 4th of July, enjoy your barbecues and all that good stuff. But if you are living in the States, if you're living in the Midwest, which I hate that name, that name's terrible because Chicago and all that type of area, they're not in the Midwest. If anything, they're almost like Middle East. They should be called the Mid-East, but I think they don't sound as cool and as well wrapped up as the Midwest, but I digress. And if you live in the Northern States, because... um. People still in the north, they're still dealing with uh, Canadian wildfires. They're still dealing with the smoke that has been traveling from those wildfires. It will say that over 120 million people, more than one third of the U.S. populations, found themselves under air quality alerts on Thursday as massive clouds of smoke from Canada's wildfire spread across a dozen states. Residents of Chicago woke up Tuesday morning to the worst air quality in the world. Now they say that New, uh, New York is dealing with the worst air quality in the world um, according to the Canada uh, Interagency Force Fire Center, 501 active fires are still in progress, with more than half of them, 254, considered to be burning out of control. So again, if you are in the northern states, please be careful as you're going about your whereabouts this uh, 4th of July weekend. If you're dealing with so much smoke, please wear a mask or please do something so you won't be taking in as much uh, smoke into your lungs because we don't want nothing to happen to you guys over there. And also, people in Canada, please be careful as well, because I'm not certain how it's affecting you guys up there, but if it's affecting you guys as much as it's affecting the people in the northern states, please uh, take care of yourself as well. Now, continuing on with uh, technically international news, um, I want to start off with the riots that's been happening in France this past week. Um, as this was reported by CNN, it was stated that France has been rocked by a wave of protests after a 17-year-old youth was shot by a police near Paris on Tuesday, sparking a ban on demonstrations in some cities, travel warnings, and reuniting a debate over 
uh, policing in marginalized communities. Um, they will go into detail. A police officer shot a teenager, Nahel, who was of Algerian heritage during a traffic stop in Paris suburb earlier this week. They will say footage of the incident captured by a pass buyer showed two officers standing on the driver's side of the car, one of whom discharges a gun at the driver despite not appearing to be facing any type of imminent threat. The officer said he fired his gun because he was scared that the boy would run someone over with his car. Now, the prosecutor of that specific area would say that it is believed that the officer acted illegally in using his weapon. He is currently facing a formal investigation for voluntary homicide and has been placed in preliminary detention. So I think they just mean, in their words, they placed him off duty for right now. I think that. So when you think detention, you're not on the case. You're just sitting out at the moment. So that's what I think they're doing with that. Um, people didn't like that. As you can tell from the riots, uh, they've been rioting for the past four days. As I'm recording this now, they might be rioting now. So it might be five days, but it's been certain. It's been four days. You had your their uh, president over there. They sent, um, from my understanding, mad police officers, mad authorities down there to try to um, stop people from rioting. Here's my situation with this. If the people are rioting, you need to try to, as an authority figure, not try to just send other police officers, send other people in law down there. You, as the French president, you should be going down there. You should be really putting feet into ground with the rest of the community is trying to talk to them and figure out why are they upset, why are they tearing up the, the place, why are they doing all this? Because the only way change will ever come is if people tear up stuff that people hold in regard, aka people that have money. And since this happened in a suburban place, I can see them probably being upset that why are you tearing up such a nice community, why are you tearing up a nice location why are you doing this again it's all because of money you have to tear up a place that has money for people to actually give a damn so for the french president to constantly be sending um authority figures and people that are in law to try to basically calm down this rioting that's been happening in france i don't think that's the best way to go i don't think just being on these panels and talking no, you need to go down there and actually congregate with the community that's doing all this. Find out what's really going on in that community. You have to be one with the people. If you are their president and you actually do care about the people the way that you do, you got you, you got to get your hands dirty. You got to get your feet dirty instead of sending uh, more than 40,000 police officers down there. You can't be doing that. I understand that's just a way to uh, save precaution yourself because you don't want to do the dirty work no but you got to get down there do the dirty work actually talk to your people and try to get this done and again people tearing things up because they want some uh <laughs> they want some type of result people don't want to see a 17 year old get shot because someone got afraid you're a police officer i've said it multiple times whenever i talk about the states and talk about how people uh, police officers in the states do stupid, idiotic, heinous things like this. I'm going to say it about international cops, too. A police officer is a police officer. You know what that job entitles. You know what you're supposed to do. You know exactly what could happen to you. That's the reason why you took that job. Nobody signed you up to be a police officer. You went in there to do this job. So you know what the risks are. You shot a 17-year-old boy who's not going to be able to, one, have a wife or kids, if that is his preference, to be able to continue out the rest of his life. Now he's dead at the age of 17. Come on, bro. Again, the French uh, president, he has to get his hands dirty. He has to talk to the community and actually try to figure out what's going to take for them to stop the civil unrest if they want uh, things to stop being teared up. But until then, I expect more rioting to happen in Paris. And I hope that uh, people in Paris can, one, stay safe. If you're not a part of that whole situation, please do not uh, engage if you're not. And two, please, just in general, don't attack people that are just minding their own business. People that are out there rioting, trying to 
fix the system or just disrupt the system, please just try to not attack people that are just out there just doing their own business. All right. Now, next up on international news, again, coming from CNN, this talks about a woman in Thai airport basically getting her leg uh, amputated after being trapped in one of those little uh, moving walkways. A 57-year-old Thai woman had to have her leg amputated after she got caught up in a moving walkway at an international airport in Bangkok on Thursday in a freak accident that has yet to be fully explained by authorities. They will speak to a director of that um, airport and the director would say that the incident took place at around 8:27 a.m. their local time in the southern uh, corridor of the domestic passenger terminal. Speaking at a news conference Thursday, the director would say the woman who was traveling to the southern city of Nakhon, sorry if I'm uh, butchering the name, had a severe accident at the end of a moving walkway after her left leg became caught in the end of the walkway. Medics responded quickly and the woman was transferred to the nearest hospital, though the severity of her injuries led to the amputation of her leg up to her kneecap, the director said. She has since been transferred to the International Hospital of Bum Ron Grand. Again, terrible pronunciation of my part, again, my fault. One of the country's top medical facilities, the director added, I would like to convey our deepest sorrow. Um, yeah, so a woman got her leg caught up in one of those moving walkways and she had to get her leg amputated. That is a freak accident. I wouldn't, I don't understand how you would get your leg caught up in those type of things. Did they have like a big gaping like hole or did she create a big gaping hole? One of her luggage bags? I don't know. Again, this is still a freak accident. I've seen those type of things. I've been in airports before. I usually don't go on those things. I usually just walk it. But, um, yeah, that's weird. I hope that the lady can recover from all this, even with a leg amputation. She still can live out the rest of her life with, like, a prosthetic leg. But, again, that's still going to be hard for her for a couple, probably weeks and months. Hopefully not the mental toll will take anything on her. But, again, uh, prayers and thoughts to the woman. And I hope that she just recovers more and more. She uh, lays up in a hospital bed, to be honest. Now, moving over to my last international news, I do want to talk about, I want to talk about a stupid idiot who Italy's uh, police are trying to capture. Um, as it was reported by NPR, Italian police say the man filmed carving his name on the Coliseum lives in England. Italian police on Thursday said they believe that the man filmed while engraving his name and that of his apparent girlfriend last week on the ancient Roman Colosseum is a tourist who lives in Britain. Now, for the people that don't know this, there was a man that was uh, caught carving his name and his girlfriend's name into the Colosseum, and uh, an American recorded the man, and the man happens to live in England. He is a fitness uh, trainer, and the man's name, it was discovered, his name is Ivan Diamant Rove, he's 27, he's a fitness instructor and a delivery driver, uh, he lives with his girlfriend in Bristol, Haley Bracey, who's 33, uh, the Italian police agency, or whatever the crap it is, they're going to try to grab him up, and I'm just going to say this right now, why do people feel they got to carve into anything, why do people just cannot look at something, take photos, and all that good stuff, and just be good with it? Why do people have to try to do something different? Why do they got to go out the extra mile and try to basically cause damage to something that's just there? They do say this is the fourth time this year that such uh, graffiti has been reported at the Coliseum. So somebody, again, this year tried to do uh, stupid stuff to the Coliseum. And it, this is an act that carries a fine up to $15,000 and five years in prison. So I don't think the man's going to get five years in prison. I think he probably have to pay the money whenever the Italian police actually do catch the guy. And if they do ever catch him, to be honest, if he's back in England, I'm not certain how those type of uh, business deals work. I'm not certain how that would get handled if he's back in England, back in Bristol, and he's doing his thing. And can the Italian police, like, talk to the England police and say, hey, yo, can you guys get him so you can transfer him back here so we can properly arrest him for this? 
I'm not certain how any of that stuff kind of goes. I know over here in the States, if you do something in the States and you happen to uh, go to a different country, it kind of gets murky from time to time because we still got people right now that have done stuff in the States that the police actually do want to talk to, but they can't talk to them right now because they have moved to different countries and uh, our extradition does not carry over into other countries. So I wonder how this kind of stuff works itself out. But again, for anybody that's going over into any country and they're going to just check out any type of historical landmark, please do not be a dumbass and write your name into it. Please do not be a dumbass and carve your name or your girlfriend's name into it. Please do not be a dumbass and do anything just remotely dumb to any historical landmark. Because again, it's been there. Let it be. Let it live. You do your thing. Just embrace it. Soak in the beauty of it. That's the reason why you're there. And just go about your day. That's all you have to do. But I hope, if anything, they actually do get them and he has to pay some type of money. Because this could set a precedent more and more for people not to be stupid. But time will tell with that, right? Now with that, that is your international news. Now, moving over to U.S. news, first thing I'll talk about is the Supreme Court and their decision to take away affirmative action in higher education, basically college and universities. Um, CNN will report the Supreme Court landmark decision on Thursday to gut affirmative action has made it unlawful for colleges to take race into consideration as a specific factor in admissions. The ruling means that admissions programs like those at the two universities at the center of this case, Harvard University, and University of North Carolina are no longer permitted. Now, what I try to understand what affirmative action was, because these things go over my head, I would find out that affirmative action in the context of higher education means that admissions policies aimed at increasing the number of Black, Hispanic, and other minority students on campus, colleges, and universities that take race into consideration have said they do so as part of a holistic approach that reviews every aspect of an application, including grades, test scores, and extracurricular activities. Now, when I read that, I still had no idea what that meant. So I had to break it down more and more, and it brought me to a word, token. For people that don't know what token means, token is someone who is included in a group to make people believe that the group is trying to be fair and include all types of people when this is not really true. Now, that's my definition of what I think affirmative action is. Affirmative action will include people in even though they really don't want to. They have no other choice but to do it because for some time now and even in certain businesses, there will only be predominantly white people, white men in these positions doing these things. And I believe somebody probably had to go to a court and get something done about it to have minorities, women, all these people to just enter these businesses. And that would basically give us affirmative action. You are allowed to have women in there now. You actually have to have women, uh, minorities in there. You have to have a percentage in there for it to be deemed a working environment and also to gain some type of anything, government uh, benefits, because everything runs around money. This whole world runs and is revolved around money. So that's the only way I see them even accepting affirmative action and putting things into play. So now moving over to colleges, because colleges, they do have to have a percentage of minorities, whether it be black, Latinos, uh, Asian Americans, Pacific Islanders, whatever may have you, they have to have a percentage in there for them to receive government funding. Because if that wasn't the case, you will see a lot of colleges with predominantly, and I mean just overwhelmingly, like numbers of basically white students in there. But as I've stated, colleges do have to have uh, diverse and different ethnicities. You get my drift. Now, not all colleges have referred or quote unquote use race as a consideration in their admissions decision. Uh, eight states have laws that ban race consideration and race quotas in universities and their names of Arizona, California, Florida, Michigan, Nebraska, New Hampshire, Oklahoma, Washington. Those are the states, but I don't really believe all that, to be completely honest with you. I don't. There's always going to be people considering race. Because if there wasn't the case, why do they have on that tab 
what race you are. Are you white? Are you African-American? Are you Pacific Islander? Are you Asian-American? Are you Hispanic? Why in these college, like, application forms, why have that? Why not just be able to put your name, put your social security, and just start filling out the forms as you should be able to? No, even in a job working place, they have you fill out what race are you? What ethnicity are you? That tells you how much race truly plays a part into it. Because if that was not the case, they would take all of that away and they'll just be going by sight. When you walk in or when they email you and they say, hey, here's your date schedule for you to come in and we'll have a conversation with you. They'll get to see exactly who you are. And there you go. You'll be chosen right then and there off of your conversation that you guys had and they'll be able to look at your resume look at your experiences and all that good stuff and decide whether they're high you or not in the job working field but now in the college field it should be the exact same thing if they want to know who you are they can easily set up an interviewing process but that might not be the case for all colleges certain colleges you have to write mad paperwork of why do you want to come here tell me your life story, all this type of crap. I didn't have to do any of that. That process was not there for me nor my brother. So I can say for certain, we didn't have to write what our life experience was, this and that, yada, yada, yada. Certain people in colleges, you actually have to write that as a way to enter or even get a chance to enter into a college. But getting to my point, affirmative action now being taken away out of being a quote-unquote big play for colleges to say whether you're in or not. I don't I don't agree with it because again race does play a factor in what we do here in America. People might try to deny it or not. People might agree with it or not. I don't care. You can look at everything that we do here. Off like I said of a simple job application you have to write what is your nationality. You have to fill in that bubble, whatever the hell it is, you have to do it. And again, that tells you right there, race plays a part into what we do. It simply does. Now, the funny thing about this whole court ruling was that Clarence Thomas, who sits a part of the Supreme Court, he has benefited from affirmative action. And he has decided to strike down affirmative action. And that just further proves what a lot of people have been saying about Clarence Thomas for a long time. He's a coon. He's one of the guys that now has a seat at the table and he wants to kick other people down. If you benefited from this program, if you benefited from this, why would you decide to strike it down other than not being a hater? I'm just going to be honest. If I'm getting rich off of a system code and I got rich and I'm up and I'm up, up. And now that I'm seeing other people getting rich off that same system code and I am in a position to strike that system code down, and I do it, there's no other way than people seeing me as a hater. And to be honest, when you think about it, that is what you are. Clarence Thomas is a hater to other black individuals. People might say, no, he's trying to look out for the best of the blacks. He's trying to make people be better than this. And I don't know. No, 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 no. He used the system of affirmative action to his benefits. He did the hard work. He did all the stuff, but without affirmative action, without having that door open for him, guess what? He would have never gotten into the position where he is now. You're going to have all the hard work in the world. That does not mean you're going to get into a place. A lot of people have busted their ass at a job, so much so, and guess what? They don't get that promotion. Someone else gets that promotion. But just because of a business having something in play in writing, saying this and that, you take advantage of that code. Guess what? You're into a better position. You're getting that promotion because of using that code, using that rule that they have in place. Guess what? You're now able to put in more hard work. You're able to showcase and you're able to get a seat at the proverbial table to hopefully lift up people that are like you. Lift up people that want to be in your spot. Why would you want to keep people down that are like you? I don't see it. That's exactly what Clarence Thomas did here with siding with striking down affirmative action. I'm just going to call a spade a spade. I can see why people call him a man a coon. So this further proves the point of people saying Clarence Thomas is a coon. So I'm about to move away from this. Again, 
I want to make this known. Laws do change. We're in a time now where people are starting to bring laws up, and what used to be the standard has now starting to unravel. People are starting to change their minds, and their law that used to be once was good for everyone is now being changed, and we're having this big division from everyone, but more things will come into play later as laws be brought up, and we'll see if they'll still stay the same, or will they change? Now, moving over to the next topic here, the Titanic submersible. Yes, I'm still on that because there was more news that came out this past week that the Titanic submersible, there was chunks that came up and has been brought to land and that now they are saying that they have found some presumed uh, human remains in it. Um, I'm not certain what type of human remains are in there. I'm not sure if it's a finger, a foot, a piece of a body part. I don't know because when you think of an implosion, that means that whole thing just start caving in on you. So I don't know what they found in there. I don't think they found much because we're still dealing with the ocean here. We're dealing with creatures that will eat body parts here. That's just my feeling on this situation. So I don't know. I just brought that to you because, well, this was part of the news. and It was big news What last week about it. And I want to keep everybody up to date with it. Also, if you did not listen to my midweek episode, I talked about how rich people, you guys need to be careful. You guys need to stop taking dumb risks because you guys are starting to get taken out one by one. Because last Sunday, there was a guy who's a part of a rich family. I believe he was, his family's like listed number 22 of the richest families in America. I talked about that a little bit on the midweek episode. And he died last Sunday at a racetrack so death comes in threes we have the submersible we now have this guy and now there's going to be another one there's going to be another rich person dying and when it happens i'm saying yep that's the third one so again please be careful please be safe rich people please don't do anything stupid i understand you guys got a lot of money so you guys probably just want to take risk and thrill ride don't go sit back Relax on your cruise, relax on your uh, jets, your planes, whatever may have you. Don't try to do anything stupid just for the thrill, just because you got money. So, again, take care of yourself. But if you don't, hey, just know you have the possibility of dying. And when you do, I'll be here to talk about it. Now, next up, there was a case two weeks ago that I talked about. And it was similar to the Daniel Penny situation. Daniel Penny, the guy who choked out Jordan nearly to death. He pleaded not guilty to his charges. He did that this week. Um, two weeks ago, there was a man, Jordan Williams, who basically stabbed up a man on a New York subtrain because that man was drunk and he started harassing people on the subway train, literally touching people. Jordan Neely decided to stab up the man and he ended up being placed under arrest for manslaughter. And now they have decided to drop the charges as a statement will go out. Our office conducted an impartial and thorough investigation of this tragic case, which included review of multiple videos and interviews with all available witnesses. And that evidence was fairly presented to a grand jury. The Brooklyn District Attorney's Office said in a statement today, the charges against Jordan Williams have been dismissed. So, Mr. Williams, he does not have to face any type of uh, charges. I'm glad for that. They say under New York law, a person is justified in using deadly physical force when they reasonably believe it is necessary to use such force to defend themselves or others from imminent use of deadly or unlawful physical force. So I want to say congratulations to Mr. Williams for no longer have to worry about going to case or going to trial for this situation. That's one. And two, I'm kind of curious of what Daniel Penny's lawyer is thinking about this. Is he going to use this in his case whenever he goes against the prosecution? I do wonder that because, again, both of these incidents, they both happen on uh, New York subway trains. Uh, both of them are dealing with people that were disoriented, but only one of them dealt with someone actually touching another person. Jordan Williams' situation, it was the man that ended up getting stabbed he was touching people and harassing other passengers. That's the reason why Jordan Williams is able to walk away while Daniel Penny right now 
as the information has came about from his situation, um, nobody has came out to say that Jordan Neely touched him or anything like that. The only thing that has come out is that Daniel Penny thought that people were in imminent danger. People were going to get attacked, what may have you, but nobody got attacked. Nobody got any hands laid upon them. So, again, that could probably be the thing that doesn't help Daniel Penny. But more information about that will come out because that is still something that people have their sides on. Whether you side with Daniel Penny and that he shouldn't be going to jail or that you should uh, make Daniel Penny go to jail and pay for his actions against Jordan Neely. You got two sides for that. Again, more information is going to come out. And when it does, I'm going to bring it to you guys here because I'm interested in that case because I really do want to know what's going to happen to him because I'm still conflicted about that. Again, I'm not from New York. I've been to New York only a handful of times and I've seen a certain wackadoo of people in my lifetime as a general factor, but I don't know what I would do in that situation. If I was Daniel Penny, would I have ignored it? Or would I have just punched a dude and called it a day? I don't know. I probably would have known me. I probably would just mind my business after somebody said that. But again, certain people, they don't. Certain people don't mind their business. Certain people take action after someone threatens a whole place. Certain people take action. But as I said, more information is going to come out. And once it does, I'll bring it back to you guys here. Next topic to talk about, the Chicago mother and her son. The mom has decided to file a lawsuit against the city of Chicago and five police officers, and she will allege false arrests, malicious prosecution, and emotional distress. For the people that don't know what I'm talking about here, there was a viral video that came out what last weekend about a man punching a mother inside of a chicken restaurant, and the mom calls her son to come to the restaurant. The son has a gun on him. The son shoots the man. The man ends up dying. Police ends up arresting the 14-year-old boy and his mother. They were placed on bail. Uh, they got charged with first-degree murder. This week, the charges end up getting dropped, and now she's decided to file a lawsuit against them. She would say, I experienced pain in many ways that I would have never thought. What happened to me was totally unnecessary. Never in a million years would I have imagined being beaten, well, brutally beaten, attacked and being arrested now you got people that are going to be on conflicting sides certain people are saying why is she filing a lawsuit against these people just take your win you're not going to jail for this just go and then certain people that are going to say yes she needs to file a lawsuit against them because she should never got arrested in the first place she was the victim she got attacked by a man listen again people have their own ideologies and their own ways me my own personal opinion is I thought the mom and the son never should have gotten arrested at all. Because if you got a video of a man punching a woman and then she calls her son up and the son does what he has to do. Hey, I would think anybody in any jury would stand with the mother and son for what got, well, what happened. Now, for the mom to file a lawsuit against the city of Chicago and the five police officers, hey, People can do what they want to do. We're in a country where you can sue anybody for anything. Will she have a legal leg to stand on? I don't know. She might. She might have a legal leg to stand on it. It all depends. Did the five police officers say something towards her or towards her son derogatory? I don't know. Was she treated badly in the jail cell that she was in? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But again, you can sue for anything in this country. Literally, someone... Uh, says some crap about you or your family, you can sue them for that. I don't know, and I'm not trying to even like put those two situations together. I'm just saying that, can the mom sue? Yes. Is she suing? Yes. Will she win? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what type of information comes out. Is this just a money grab? People will say yes. Am I saying it's just a money grab? Yeah, why not? Because again, a lot of things in this country is just nothing but a money grab. As I said earlier in this program, this whole world's focus around money, so why not? So if she wants to get it, get it while you can. Get it the best way that you can. And if you can get it legally, and this is legal, get it that way. Now with the heavy U.S. stuff news out of the way, and now it's time to move over into Hollywood news. First thing I would like to report is the death of Alan Arcane. 
He died at the age of 89. He passed away this past Thursday. Um, Arcane is relatively, I know him for being basically the older guy in the movies. Whenever you do see movies, he's the old, white, bald guy in movies when you see him. Um, the last notable movie that he was technically in that is reported on his Wikipedia page that he voiced was Wild Knuckles in the Minions Rise of Gru movie. So that's like his most like recent movie that he did, but they do have one more called The Smack. So that one will be to, uh, determined to be announced because this will be his posthumous death movie. So this will be the movie after he... Uh, that was already filmed, that will be released after he has passed away now, but this man's been in show business for six decades, that's 60 years, man, he had to start low, he went to Broadway, he did the musical route, he did uh, numerous things, he was on TV and movies, but again, I just know this guy for being like the old white dude in movies, in TV shows, whenever you happen to be flipping through the channels and you happen to see him, like, oh, okay, that's him, alright, I'll sit there and watch, because he always got some type of uh, little quirks in comedies. I at least do enjoy his little quips with people from time to time, but Alan R. Kane, he died at the age of 89. Uh, they would say that he did have some heart problems throughout his years, so they are trying to say he probably died of heart problems. I'm not so certain. That's just what they're trying to say. I'm not going to go into any more details, um, but thoughts and condolences to the wife and the children that is left behind from his uh, passing, but again, rest in peace to Alan R. Kane. Now, moving over into Travis Scott, who this week, Travis Scott will find out that he would not be facing any criminal charges in the Astro World of Fans' death. Uh, rapper Travis Scott will not face criminal charges stemming from the crowd surge that killed 10 people and injured more than 300 at Astro World in 2021. Scott's attorney, Kent Schaefer, said a Houston grand jury declined to indict Scott, but was unsure what charges may have been under consideration. He never encouraged people to do anything that resulted in other people being hurt, calling the decision a great belief. However, Scott and event organizer Live Nation still face numerous civil lawsuits for families of the deceased and others who were hurt in the crush but survived. So, I do want to say congratulations to Travis Scott because he will not be facing any criminal charges. And me personally, I think he should never have faced any criminal charges. Even the consideration of criminal charges being levied against Travis Scott was kind of preposterous in my head because in my brain and thinking, you got to literally like encourage people to do this and do that for a criminal charge to happen. And in the videos of the Travis uh, Scott Astroworld situation, I don't see him saying, hey, you guys jump off of this, do this, do that. I don't remember hearing any of that. In any of the videos, I don't even think he encouraged people to jump off of uh, the structures and all that, which people were doing. So, at least from my vantage point, I never ever thought Travis Scott was going to face any criminal charges. Now, paying for families that lost loved ones and paying for people being injured, yeah, him and Live Nation are going to have to do that. I mean, certain civil lawsuits, yeah, they'll be able to settle out of court and give the families some type of money. Hopefully, that will take care of it. I know that's not going to take care of the people that lost uh, their lives at uh, the concert back in 2021. But my thing about that is this. And concerts going forward in these big open uh, arenas. One, please be careful. Two, if you're feeling trampled and you're feeling uh, claustrophobic, please try to bypass and bum rush anybody get out of certain danger because that's how people get themselves in these situations they feel claustrophobic they feel that they can't do nothing and the next thing you know they get trampled or they have a bad time and there was a bruise on their body all that type of stuff if you feel any of these things please just literally don't care about nobody else's feeling bum rush by them get to a, a location that you feel safe so you can gather yourself collect yourself and be yourself and be okay all right so that's what I want people going into these concerts going forward because we are in the summertime. People are about to have concerts galore out there. And again, I don't want people to be uh, trampled and uh, stomped out in any of those uh, situations out in these concerts. But again, rest in peace to the 10 people that did lose their lives 
Hearts and prayers are still out to the families of that. And again, congratulations to Travis Scott for not facing any type of uh, criminal charges for this unfortunate situation. Now moving forward into something that I talked about this past week on my midweek podcast. Again, I have to reference that because Ryan Seacrest, he would be announced as taking over Wheel of Fortune in not this season, but the season that follows after Pat Sajak will be leaving. And now there's contract uh, renegotiations up with Vanna White at the moment. Vanna White is in negotiations to stay on Wheel of Fortune after Passage leaves with Ryan Seacrest. And as of right now, a source close to the situation has told people that Sony Pictures uh, Television would like to have her back. And the funny thing is, Vanna White, who's been on Wheel of Fortune for a long time, um, her annual salary is $3 million. She wants that to be doubled before she agrees to stay on Wheel of Fortune. Now, I have no problem with that because from my understanding and what has been reported out there, Passe Jack was making $15 million a year as of 2016 from staying on Wheel of Fortune. And if Vanna White was only making $3 million and now she wants it to be doubled, I hope the people at Wheel of Fortune will stop being cheap and actually pay Vanna but here's where we get into the conundrum, at least on my part, that I feel. I feel that since they're bringing in Ryan Seacrest, I think they're going to see how Ryan does with Vanna White. I think they might agree to the $6 million for probably a year or two. And then they're going to see how that chemistry works. And I think in the back, like behind the scenes situation, I think they're going to try to figure out, okay, we got a younger looking host with an older seasonal, uh, well, woman on the scene. Let's see if we could try to find her replacement. Because I'm just going to be honest, I think that's where we're going with this. I think Vanna's going to be on there for a season or two. And I think behind the scenes, they're going to try to find her replacement. I think they're going to try to find someone that's younger, that has the face, probably someone that's of an influencer because that's all these companies try to do. They try to find one of these social media uh, personalities to go on these shows and see what they can do and try to uh, leech off of the social media personalities fans to watch this television show. And I think that's what they're going to try to do here with Vanna White. I think they're going to try to grab a social media influencer, one of these younger people, to be the new Vanna White for these newer kids of social media. So if anything, Vanna, please get a lawyer that could make sure you have job stability for the next five years so that you could harbor as much money as you can. Because if they give you double your money and you're there for five years, that's $30 million for five years of work. And I don't know how long uh, Wheel of Fortune tapes. I don't know if they do it monthly and you got a certain set of episodes this month and then they go next month. I don't know any of that. But I'm hoping that Vanna White does make her money. I hope that she does get as much as she can because, again, the fix is in. Ryan Seacrest is in. I think they're going to try to go a younger route. And I hope that Vanna has a lawyer that's going to be a shark that can give her job stability for a certain amount of years for the money that she wants. Because, again, the fix is in, Vanna. You know that they're going to be looking for someone younger. You know that's what's happening. But, again, we'll have to wait and see if that does happen. And, again... I'm glad Ivana's at least uh, sticking up for herself because imagine this is her first time asking for a raise in the past 18 years. That's insane. You would think that Wheel of Fortune being as prominent as it is, being a fixture in American uh, television as it is, the same way that Jeopardy was. How did Vanna White not get a raise in 18 years is crazy beyond me, but Again, certain people are more laid back than others. Certain people are more uh, aggressive than others when it comes down to getting their business done. But to each their own, I hope Vanna gets what she wants. But if not, we're just going to have to wait and see who's going to be the new Vanna White for Ryan Seacrest. Now moving over into some firings this past week. It was announced that ESPN have decided to cut some of their media personalities and people are saying that this is all because of them signing Pat McAfee to this big, lucrative uh, deal that he's in with ESPN. But I'm just going to read you off some of the people that are being, well, let go from ESPN. 
The names are Jeff Van Gundy, Jalen Rose, Keyshawn Johnson, Max Kellerman, Susie Colbert, Chris Cellos, Matt Hasselbeck, Steve Young, Rob Nikovic, Neil Everett, Ashley Brewer, John Lee, La Fozo Ellis, Todd McShay, Jordan Cornette, Jason Fitz, David Pollock, and there's probably going to be more people on the way, but it has been reported that they will be paid out accordingly. So people are being paid the rest, probably the rest of their contract, or at least even a little little bit below the rest of their contract to being let go of ESPN, however their contracts are negotiated for their terminations. But yeah, ESPN is uh, cutting people. So Stephen A is still on ESPN. They're not going to let the king of ESPN go. Pat McAvee, he's soon to come in with his uh, group of people going into ESPN. And I just see this as being a new way for the guard of ESPN to do what they got to do, because I think they're now trying to focus more into the social media land space. They're trying to still be on TV. Yeah, sure. But they're trying to really dominate the social media land space and just trying to take over that uh, area and just try to be a real force over there. So I hope everybody that got released from ESPN, they can go about their business, do what they have to do. And if anything, right now, this opens up a spot for one of these media personalities that got cut to join uh, Skip Bayless on Undisputed for FS1 or try to pitch their own show to FS1 and try to basically help out help out FS1 to become a bigger uh, sports uh channel base the way the ESPN is for decades and just help out FS1. That's the way I see it. So I don't see this as a real bad thing. I see this as a good thing for the people that actually do want to continue being in the sports world, being the sports media world. You have ESPN's competition of FS1 and you can easily go over there and try to pitch yourself over there to, as I said, take over the spot that Shannon Sharp left to join skip and do the debate thing or try to make up your own show bring your own uh group over there and try to do your own show over there fs1 and i think fs1 will be uh lovely to have some of these people i think max kellerman he garners a lot of respect from people in the sports world especially the boxing community when it comes down to talk about boxing he's one of the people that you can actually talk to about and especially with the boxing events that are scheduled to come up, I think FS1 needs to grab Max Kellerman for that. Um, Keyshawn Johnson or Jalen Rose, I can see one of those two guys joining up with a skip. Probably Jalen Rose, to be honest. I think Skip probably would choose Jalen Rose and they can have those uh, debates about basketball because Jalen Rose was a former basketball player and I think he'll be able to give them uh, more of an inside uh, scoop of what a basketball player has to go through more than Shaden Sharp was able to. But then you got to look over to the NFL side and you could probably get Keyshawn to join with Jalen and have it be a three-man broadcast unit for Undisputed because Jalen will be taking care of the basketball. Keyshawn will be able to do the football part of the aspect. And then there you go. You can have it that way. But that's just me just spitballing here. But anywho, I hope these people are able to land on their feet, which they will and continue to go about their uh, sports media business. That's all I'm caring about here. So don't look at this as a bad thing. Look at this as a positive and just see this as another way to create opportunity for yourself because ESPN, from what I'm understanding, they've been going through a lot of changes here and there. They fire people that's been there for a long period of time. People are not happy that they've been fired. People weren't happy there towards the end of their time. I don't know what's going on with a lot of people over there at ESPN because when they leave or they get fired, they go and talk about it on a know someone's podcast or someone else's uh, sports uh, show and they just talk about ESPN just at the time when they know they were going to be released. It just wasn't what they used to uh, enjoy over there anymore. So Again, I don't know what's going on. I haven't stepped my foot in ESPN any of that retrospect, but just hearing from former people there, yeah, something's going on. So let this just be another way to create opportunity for yourself just to go about and do your business somewhere else. That's all I'm trying to think of. But anyhow, congratulations to all these people that got released. Don't, again, see this as a bad thing. See this as a positive and continue about going about your uh, sports media business. 
Now, I think that's the last official topic I do want to talk about. But before I get you guys out of here and do my whole little spiel and shtick, um, self-promotion time. I do have a Saturday Wrestling Highlights of the Week episode out there. If you watch professional wrestling, listen to it. Go and check that out if you want to do that. And also, Money to Bank happened yesterday. So I should already have that review out right now. So go and check that out too so you can hear about what I thought about the Money in the Bank uh, pay-per-view. And midweek episode, if you did not listen to that, go and check that out too because the song of the week for this week was Schoolboy Cues featuring Kendrick Lamar Collar Green on that. Again, this is another song for you to uh, kick back and vibe with just after you're done listening to me ramble. But with that all being said, I think that's it. Now it's time for me to go about my shtick. I want to thank all the podcast uh, sites that have me on their systems because without them, I wouldn't be able to get these podcast episodes out to you guys, the downloaders and the listeners. So I want to thank them first, but not secondly, just as evenly. I want to thank you guys, the downloaders and the listeners as well, because without you guys, I would just be one guy talking into a mic into a empty void. So I thank you guys for listening. And I hope that you guys are able to take some of these topics and talk about it with your associates, your friends, your families, and just get their viewpoints. I hope you guys listen to this with them so they can so you can just see where they're at, where their head might be at on some of these topics as well. Because this podcast is nothing but just me just talking and trying to get people engaged with things that are happening out there in this world. So hopefully you're able to do that too as well. To take some of these topics and bring it back to your uh, people. But anyway, I thank you guys, the downloaders, and I thank the podcast systems. Now, always remember. I love you, I love you. I do love every single one of you. This is not a gimmick. This is me from the bottom of my heart saying that. I truly do mean that. I appreciate every single one of you. And I will be back again Wednesday for the midweek episode, Saturday for the wrestling outlets of the week, and then Sunday again for me talking about topics that happen in the news of that week. Now, with that being said, this has been my Two Cents podcast presented by G2. He is I and I am him. I love you all. I thank you. This isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. And that'll be whenever you tune in again. So with that, I love you all. I thank you. And Kanye, could you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.